who just come in from youth camp. I hope in another week or two you haven't died out. I've seen young boys run the aisles at youth camp from this church that I don't see run the aisles here in church. And I think if they run the aisles there, they should run them here. Amen. Praise God. Brother John got the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And I mean, he got it. I mean, it got him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Send your young people to youth camp. You won't be sorry. Praise God. Somebody said, you ought to know all the bad stuff that went on up there, Brother Elder. You know, that's what some of you folks learns, all the bad stuff. I'll be so glad when some of you learn the good stuff. Hallelujah. Amen. I never went to anything but what something bad wasn't going on. But I'll tell you what. I went to find the good. Amen. I wonder how many of you are looking for the good instead of the bad. Praise God. Always something bad going on. You go to the fireworks out here the 4th of July. If you want to watch around, you'll find somebody getting a fight and beat somebody up out there. But I didn't go to see the fight. I went to see the fireworks. Praise God. Don't keep your kids home from youth camp because something bad went on. And something bad did go on. All right. The book of Second Peter, the third chapter. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers. Anybody seen any scoffers? Walking after their own lusts. Anybody seen anybody lately walking after their own lusts? And saying, well, when's Jesus going to come? Heard this for a long time. Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. I was watching a preacher the other day and watching his motions and things, and he was acting like there was no second coming of the Lord. Amen. I'm going to tell you, it is coming. And I believe personally myself it's coming quicker than you think. Had you been here the first night, Brother C.A. Nelson preached on the fig tree and all the trees. Amen. I tell you what, that old man sees some things. He's had a lot of time lately to get in prayer, get in the Word of God. And he's seeing some things through the eye and the mind of God. And he told us what he'd been seeing about the fig tree and all the trees. It literally astounded me to find out all those trees started in 1948. Amen. For this they willingly are ignorant. They want to be dumb about it. They want to act like it does not exist. 
Somebody says, Brother Elder, why would people want to act like it does not exist? Because if you can tell your mind that this does not exist, then you can tell yourself you're not going to be judged for your evil deeds. It's a seared conscience. It's a perverted conscience. And I'm going to tell you something. You're going to be judged and you can't get out. You can lie to yourself all you want to. But that don't stop God. For this they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Just like that world perished so will this one. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store reserved unto fire. Everybody say fire. God said, I'll never destroy the earth again with water. The next time I'm going to destroy it with fire. That's a promise of God. And anytime you think God don't keep his promises, you don't know God. Because God keeps his promises. Amen. And he said, it is reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition and of ungodly men. Praise God. You may be seated. I'm going to start off this thing this morning a lot different than what I originally had planned to. But I feel the Lord speaking to me this morning to minister to you and I believe this morning with all my heart that a lot of people do not live conscientiously before God because of their ignorance of God's word God's plan and I don't believe this morning that we are ignorant because we're ignorant. I believe what the Word of God said, we are ignorant because we are willingly ignorant. Now, to be willingly ignorant means that you would rather read something about Louis Lamar than you would the Word of God. I hear in Pentecost there's nothing wrong with reading Louis Lamar. But I want to tell you something this morning. Now, I never read Lewis Lamar. I don't know if there's any curse words in it or not. I understand that he is uh, supposed to be a real cowboy that writes about places he really did live and do things. And so I suppose maybe all that's good. I like to read about World War II. I don't think there's anything that's a sin about reading that either. But there is one thing about these things. They will steal your time of study and dedication to the Word of God. Amen. And the Bible said, for this they willingly are ignorant. How many of you saints ever read the Bible and wish you hadn't? Well, we got one honest one in here that held up her hand. Surely there's many of you that read the Bible in here and wished you hadn't. I have, and I'm the pastor. How many of you like a good paddling? 
I'm going to tell you what, the word of God, if you're conscientious to it, will chastise you as well as it will feed you. And there's times I picked up the Bible and read it, and I wished that I hadn't touched it. Because instead of feeding me, it gave me a good whipping. Somebody said, well, Brother Elder, you needed that. Nobody knew that more than me. Amen. And it was food to my soul before it was over with because it chastised me and brought me in the way. But at the moment, I was looking for something else. You know, it'd be wonderful if we'd learn to be honest with ourselves. We will never get ourselves what we need out of God as long as we're dishonest with ourselves. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something. There are times I picked up the Bible that I, I, it discouraged me more than it encouraged me. fortunate like some of you charismatics that all you ever have is glorious dreams and all you ever get out of the word of God is great swelling words I find out that the word of God will chastise you as well as it will strengthen you and feed you and lead you and guide you and I don't, I'm not upset and mad about that. I'm happy about it. That's why I love it. I wouldn't have anything to do with That's why I love my wife. She doesn't always tell me I'm right. She's got the gumption to tell me when I'm wrong. Some men get pretty mad about that. I'm not talking about your egotistical trip. I'm talking about your life in Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, I, I want you, I hit a little stump there. Is the reason why I stayed there for a while. I thought I might plow around that a little bit. Now, Jesus come along, he seen this tree, didn't have no fruit on it. And the pastor, the gardener, he said, no, don't kill it yet. Let me prune it for a year and come back and see. And then if it don't have no fruit, you can kill it. Hallelujah. Praise God. How many of you intend to have some fruit on in a year? Huh? Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, I, I'm going to teach on this morning the purpose of prophecy. The purpose of prophecy is not to laugh at, to scoff at, to mock at. And you say, well, I know a lot of preachers that preached a lot of things that was wrong. That's right. You know why? No, they're not all false prophets. 
it's hard to see everything that God's planned and know the mind of God and be a human being. Hallelujah. Praise God. I ain't got time to fool with false prophets. We got short order, short time, and we need to get down to the truth and work on it. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the first time prophecy ever came to man was in the book of beginnings. The book of Genesis, the third chapter. And you know, I can read that verse today and a whole lot of you won't even know what it means. Amen. That's right. Genesis 3.15, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. There's a whole lot of you today don't even know what that means. Amen. Is this the first verse in the Bible of prophecy? This is after Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden. And God had fully clothed them. Man, I learned a lot of stuff about Mormonism the other day I didn't even know. When all of us preachers get together and start talking. Joseph Smith, I found out, was somebody that got kicked out of the Masonic Lodge. And I found out that all of the stuff the Masonic Lodge stands for and all the stuff they got in there, the Mormons do too. So he just started him up another religion that was quite a bit like the religion he got kicked out of and said an angel told him to. Angel from hell. Paul said, if any angel come down out of heaven and preach anything outside of what I preach to you, let him be cursed. And I read the 19th chapter of Acts and found out what Paul preached. And so any other angel comes preaching any other thing, he's a cursed angel, a devil. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. But the Adam and Eve sewed them up fig leaves. And the reason why I made all this mention, they was talking about that. Adam and Eve sewed up fig leaves to cover their body. And that's the order of the Masonic Lodge and the order of the Mormons. But God said that's not good enough. And he killed some sheep and took their skin and covered them up right. And everybody says it's all right to run naked today, but God said it wasn't all right. Fig leaves won't do the job. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And God said to them, he gave them this prophecy. He said, the devil's not always going to be king around here. I'm sending somebody that's going to take care of him. And this is the first prophecy in the Bible of Messiah coming. Genesis 3.15. He has bruised you, but he said he shall bruise his head. He has wounded you in the foot, but when we get through with him, we shall get him in the head. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, I'm glad there's power in Jesus Christ this morning. 
and I'm glad the power of Jesus Christ is in me this morning. That's what gets him in the head. He stings us every once in a while with his poison in the feet, and it hurts, and we wobble around a little bit. But bless God, as soon as we start to use the power that lies within us, the name of Jesus Christ, the power of Messiah, he must get out of here because it'll beat his head to pieces. Praise God. Praise God. And so prophecy, prophecy is really not for God. Prophecy is for you and me. And men are going to make errors with it. I have made errors with it. Well, that's more than what some of you say. Some of you too good to make an error. Hallelujah. Praise God. But I have made errors with it. I haven't made as big of ones as I've heard. My pastor one night, man, I mean, I was getting ready for the rapture. He got up on a Sunday night in 1967 and he preached 25 feet to the rapture. That was a six-day war. Just as soon as those Israelis broke through there, the times of the Gentiles was over and Jesus was coming. And friend, bunches of us was getting ready that night. We knew this is the night we was going home. It didn't happen. A lot of folks said, well, see there, and that's the reason why I don't get excited about prophecy. Well, that's wrong. Hallelujah. If we lived for God like we live for other things, what great Christians we'd be. I dare say, brother, because you planted one year a bunch of wheat that didn't even pay for itself, there's no sign you quit planting wheat. And because you hired out on a job somewhere, brother, that didn't turn out to be the way that you thought it should be, you quit working. <laughs> because you had a kid that didn't turn out the way you thought it should have been, sister, you didn't have any more. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we lived for God like we live in this world? If we lived for God like we live in this world, we'd be fantastic Christians. Praise God. Why, if, if the way that I welded, uh, the way that I started out would have been the way I ended up, I never would have been a welder. They stuck us in a little old concrete booth and my cousin was in there. And we started out on AC welders. Any of you fellas that weld know ACs are really nice for getting stuck. 
go to strike an arc, that metal will grab it, just like a magnet. And there you sit with a stinger, wiggling it back and forth, trying to get it loose, broke loose, so you can start over with a new arc. And of course, it was my first day in the booth and my first day with the welder. And I was trying to strike an arc and it hung it up and I was wiggling it loose, I thought. And all of a sudden, my cousin started screaming. He was in the booth with me. I couldn't figure out what he was screaming about. And I pulled my hood up and I had the stinger and that hot rod in his back end and he was climbing the wall. And I could have said, well, this ain't for me. I can see right now, welding's not my cup of tea. But that didn't stop me. I've heard men say that train me to weld. If we don't watch him, he'll put us out of a job. Because I got so I could lace oil pipe, gas pipes, I could weld nickel. I could weld aluminum. I could weld any of it. Why? Because I loved it. I loved to watch that stuff fry. I loved to sew it together. I loved to build. Amen. But if I'd have took my first lesson and said, no, this ain't my cup of tea. And there's some of you out there today that's good at something, but the first time you did it, I would like to see the first cake that you baked, Sister Keller. I never will forget, my wife can bake pies now. You can tell by looking at me, can't you? She don't do it very often, but she can. She can bake pies to who won't know it. But I remember when we lived in Junction City, lived in a house trailer, and she was just about, well, she was about a year older than Renee. And she was fixing me up a cherry pie. I know she was fixing it for me because she never loved cherries that good. Praise God. And I heard her crying. I was laying in the bed. And I heard her crying and beating. She was going on. And, and I couldn't figure out what, what's got this woman so emotionally disturbed. So I got out of bed and I sneaked down the hallway of the trailer and I looked and she was pounding them pieces of crust together because they wouldn't stay together. And she was crying and saying, I hate you. And You know, she could have thrown that stuff in the trash and said, making pie is not for me. But she didn't. She learned how to bake them. She learned how to make crust. Amen. Hallelujah. Sister Keller taught us a lot of things around here. She taught us how to make crust real good. A lot of you women can make real good crust anymore because she taught you how. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. What are you saying, Brother Elder? I'm saying prophecy.
because it misses sometimes. There's no sign you take prophecy and throw it out the door. Say it's not for the church and it, we don't need to preach it and we don't need it. And I'm telling you, the newspaper is more prophecy than you ever dreamed of every day. Current events. I don't know why it come out on the headlines of the Hutchison News about the money change next year. How many of you got it? Well, we cut ours out and kept it. We still have ours. But there's not one preacher in Kansas. There is not one preacher that I've met in the United Pentecostal Church that knows about that. The Hutchison News. Some folks think the Hutchison News is not a one world government and a communistic newspaper. They were the only one that I know of that was bold enough to print it. Amen. I'll tell you what, it's coming. It'll come overnight. It's like I preached a lot of times. These things are coming overnight. Praise God. I want to move on here for just a little bit. In Acts, the 15th chapter and the 18th verse, he said, Knowing unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. Knowing unto God are all his works. I wonder this morning how many of you would like to know God and his works. Let me ask you something. How will you get to know him? How are you going to get to know God and his works? By reading the newspaper? My wife said, let's stop and get a news tonight. And I said, what for? It's the most discouraging downhearted thing you can get a hold of. Amen. I don't buy Hutchison News because I'm looking for the knowledge of God. I'm almost like Brother Nelson. The best thing about the newspaper anymore is the funny paper. And it's so political it's not even fun to read no more. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Just give me something that will feed me. Give me something with divine direction. Whenever, whenever I really want to read something, I get a hold of the Bible. Hallelujah. I don't know why, but I have read this Bible for years. I have studied this Bible for years. Studied it. I mean studied it. I'm not talking about reading it like some of you folks read it. Some of you folks read it for 40 minutes and you that's pretty good for laity. But I have studied this Bible by the hours, by the days. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you it is amazing that I can pick it up and there it is, something fresh, something new, something just been revealed. Hallelujah. You can't get that out of Louis L'Amour. You can't get that out of the newspaper. 
or out of the nurse books or whatever in the world you read outside of the Word of God. I've read, I take U.S. News and World Report, and the biggest reason why I take it is a tax exemption. Because recently they've been, they've been so bad they ain't even been worth reading. I'd rather, I'd rather read sports afield. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. What are you saying, Brother Elder? I, I, I'm looking for some good news. I wonder how many of you are looking for some good news? Best to get in the Bible. That's what it is, the gospel, and that means good news. And the ways of the Lord. How many of you want to learn and know the ways of the Lord? Hallelujah. Get in there and study. You get rained off the job, go pray and study the word. Hallelujah. Amen. It's better than running to Kmart. Most of us don't have the money to go anyhow. We're just going to go down there and buy something we don't need and spend money we didn't have. Amen. Hallelujah. I said us. You blessed little things. Some of you think I'm rich. I am. My daddy owns all of it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Everybody thinks Brother Elder's rich. And I am. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. But don't look at my bank account or you'll think I'm phony. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now I want to show you some things about prophecy this morning. Let's turn to the book of Micah, the fifth chapter, the second verse. I preached on Micah. Five and two, was it last Sunday morning or Sunday night? I didn't preach much Sunday night if you was here. I know why now. Praise God. Somebody got Micah five and two, read it for me. Yes. It was last Sunday morning I preached this. Now, and yes, sir, the house of bread. Many of you remember I preached on the house of bread last Sunday morning. Praise God. Out of thee shall come what? Yes, out of him is to come forth him that is to be ruler in Israel. Now, I want you to know that all of the time that God has prophets on earth, there's prophecy. There was prophecy in the Old Testament. And this prophet come out on one dreary Sabbath day that the people were so used to going to church on the Sabbath day that when they got to church on the Sabbath day, it was, oh, hum, I wonder what Micah says today. And he said that there was a ruler coming out of Bethlehem. 
Messiah would come out of Bethlehem, Ephrathah. I preached it last Sunday morning. I almost feel like preaching it again. The house of bread's coming out of Bethlehem. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I don't know about you, but he's bread to me. Amen. He's bread when I'm hungry. He's coming out of Bethlehem. And the people went home from church that Sabbath day and said, you hear what that guy said? Said he's coming out of Bethlehem. Why would he come out of such a place like Bethlehem? Who ever heard of Bethlehem? Bethlehem was the least of Judea. When I went to Bethlehem, there wasn't nothing exciting there except Rachel's tomb. So well, what about where Jesus was born, Brother Elder? They had that big old Catholic church up over where he was born and all those Catholic jewels and things, and that took all the steam out of it for me because I knew the truth. Hallelujah. Praise God. But Rachel's tomb had me excited. Why, Brother Elder? Did you ever study your Bible? It's a whole lot about Rachel. It's a whole lot of why we have a, a somewhat of a Judeo-Christian religion today. We're not Judeo, we're apostolic. Amen. But our beliefs are built upon the Judeo-Christian beliefs. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And so out of Bethlehem. Okay, somebody read Isaiah 7:14. We ought to be able to quote it, huh? Praise God. A virgin shall be with child. That's almost like telling a modern day joke, isn't it? The Lord himself shall give you a sign. A virgin shall conceive. Anybody ever hear tell such a thing? A virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name God with us. Hallelujah shall call his name Emmanuel. If you don't know what that means, it's God with us. Hallelujah. Where'd you get that at, Brother Elder? Matthew 1 and 23. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And a virgin. Boy, this one's a hard pill to swallow. This is prophecy. That's why all of the females in Israel wanted a male child because she may be the blessed virgin. Amen. And the Catholics made her marry mother of God. Which means if she's the mother of God, she's more powerful than God. And the reason why they made her mother of God is because Simarius was the goddess of gods. Amen. 
Hallelujah. But I'm glad that I know that he was God manifested in the flesh. Hallelujah. Praise God. The son that come was God with us. The son that come was almighty God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Shall come in a virgin. Going to set up his kingdom here on earth. Now this is all the Jews know. All you people know is the coming of Messiah. Wait a minute. All they knew was the coming of Messiah. Hallelujah. But when he came, they didn't believe he was. Because they have been schooled. I want you to turn to Acts, the first chapter. They have been schooled to even after these that have walked with Jesus still was deep in their tradition. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now look at it in Acts, the first chapter. The second verse, until the day in which he was taken up after that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Here is 11 men who have walked with him, who have cast out devils, who have laid hands on the sick, who have recovered from all kinds of diseases, who have seen miracle after miracle. They've seen him stop the wind and the waves. They've seen him raise the dead. They've seen the blind that didn't have eyeballs receive eyeballs and eyesight. They, they'd seen, they'd seen and heard it all. And he talked about his kingdom, and when he talked about his kingdom, he was talking about the place where you and I are today, baptized in his spirit, filled with his spirit, amen, repented of, out of this world into the kingdom of God, which is here on earth, and the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but what is it? joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And he was talking about this kingdom and here these men had walked with him, talked with him, lived with him, slept with him, ate with him, slept with him, lived with him, walked with him, and they still did not know about the kingdom he preached because of their tradition. Say, how do you know, Brother Elder? Listen to the word of God. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passions by many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And in the book of Corinthians said over 500 seen him. And being assembled together with them, commanded them. He commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the Holy Ghost, the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with me, 
the Holy Ghost. Not many days hence. He's talking about his kingdom. He's talking about his kingdom. And you know what they're thinking about? His earthly kingdom. His earthly kingdom. They said to him, when they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? You, you're going to be sitting on a throne, and, and we're, we're the boys that's going out and ruling the world with a rod of iron. They sure were, but they had it all backwards. Let me show you something. Prophecy will fool you to pieces. If you don't get spiritual prophecy, it'll have you on a merry-go-round, ever looking, never finding. Because of men's traditions and your traditions. There was something the Israelites could not put together. When Messiah comes, he's going to cause the blind to see. He's going to cause the lamb to leap and the heart die. Oh, they're going to play the heart. That's going to be joy. And then shall they say, praise the Lord. Did they do it when he came? I said he's a wine bibber, he sits with sinners, he's a blasphemer. Come on. When Messiah comes, we ain't gonna be ruled by these Romans anymore. He's, he's going to be king over all the earth. And we'll go in and out when Messiah comes. And then one day Isaiah got up and he busted their bubble to pieces. He blew them out of the saddle. And they never did accept it. They didn't even accept it when it happened. They can't accept it after it happens. That's the reason why in the first chapter of Acts they're still wrestling with it. In Isaiah the 53rd chapter Isaiah got up one horrible Sabbath day and began to prophesy in the Spirit. Who hath believed our report? Ha! I can see him before he comes to the pulpit. Who will believe this? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? I'd like to ask you that question this morning. Who is the arm of the Lord revealed to? 
I'm glad you shout and dance on Sunday night, but there's more to this, honey, than running aisles. There's a book to get into and to find out what's going on. Hallelujah. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. That's where he come out of. You ever been there? There ain't nothing over there except cement buildings. Right, Sister Elder? Cement buildings and barren mountains and barren valleys and barren hills. And in all that barrenness, they grow anything. Wheat, bananas, eggplants, figs, olives. Man, never seen a desert could put out so much. But the Bible said it would. And he said he'd make it a waterway. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Ha, 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 shut up, Isaiah. We don't want to hear you prophesying no more. All we've ever been told is he's king of kings. All we've ever been told, he's Messiah, who we should look for. Who would want to look for an old ugly clown for the king? He sure said he wouldn't be good looking. He said there's no beauty in him. But I think maybe we missed that too. Because the beauty of it all is his spiritual power and his holiness. And when they seen him, he was no spiritual power. He was no holiness to them. He was born in Bethlehem. He lived in Nazareth. Who could get anything good out of Nazareth? I was reading the Bible one day. Oh, I jumped back from that Bible and looked down at it and said what fools they were what fools they were he was in their hand they knew where he was born they knew where he raised they seen him do it and he looked at them and said you didn't even know me and you don't know me you know why they didn't know Messiah because he didn't come the way their tradition said he would come he didn't come the way they believed he would come he didn't come the way they were looking for him to come We're not looking for him to come. Some of us don't even want him to come. If he came, he'd interrupt our plans. There's nothing wrong with my wife. There's nothing wrong with her dreaming. She laid in bed the other night and she said, Honey, the next house we have, I'd like for you to fix my bedroom this way. And I said, Honey, 
the next house you have, it'll be nice. Because I'm looking for that mansion. Hallelujah. 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 No, I'm not thinking about a mansion here on earth either. If you think I'm thinking about a mansion here on earth, you're kidding yourself. Oh, Solomon said, vanity, vexation of my spirit. Let me tell you something, honey. If you got a house with 10 bedrooms in it, you got lots of work. You got lots of repair bills. You got humongous heating bills. You better get one of them things you got, brother, in your house in every room. And you better get you some oil pumps out there making you some kerosene to run them. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, I found out vanity and vexation of my spirit. These kids are going to leave pretty soon, Mall. And I, we're not going to need all this room. I might get as bad as old brother Williams that just passed on. All we need is a kitchen and a living room and a bedroom. Cut the cost down here. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Sister Carriker, I go over there and I look at that thing you was raised in. So I don't see how. Man, I thought we had it bad. The house I grew up in had a living room, a kitchen, and two bedrooms. Bedroom on one end, a bedroom on the other side. My daddy built the other bedroom. When we moved in, it had one bedroom. Somebody said, where'd you sleep? In the bedroom. Where'd the family sleep? In the bedroom. How many was in the family? Six of us. Two girls, two boys, and mom and dad. We all slept in the bedroom. Hallelujah. Praise God. You kids don't know nothing about that, do you? They ought to have their own bedrooms, their own toys, their own this, their own that, till they can't even let their sister play with it or their brother. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let me get back to prophecy. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. He come out there. He said he's going to be despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, and yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. I guarantee you ever is a light in the country one to forget this sermon this Sabbath day. This just did not fit in with all the things of prophecy they'd heard. There's a lot of us today, we... I believe that the Libyan war that we just bombed Libyan has something to do with the Armageddon. And you say, well, Brother Elder didn't bring on Armageddon. Not right then. 
and not yesterday, but what affluence is it having on tomorrow? It has run aside up in the corner. The bombing of Libya has run aside up in the corner. But honey, he ain't going to stay in that corner. They're putting the heat and the pressure on his hide right now to stop that war in Lebanon. But I read, and we'll see if I'm a true prophet. I was reading the scriptures about a month or two ago. And I like to fell over this Bible. But I'll tell you what this Bible said. And I know it's not wrong. We'll see if I can interpret it right. Before it's over with. Egypt will join hands with the Libyans. And turn against us. Now we'll see. If I'm a true prophet or a false one. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, what are you saying, Brother Elder? Why did God give us prophecy? I'm preaching today on the purpose of prophecy. The next few weeks, I'll be teaching and preaching on prophecy, period. But today, I'm teaching on the purpose of prophecy. The purpose of prophecy of the Old Testament was to point the people to the deliverer, Messiah. The purpose of the New Testament prophecy is to point the people to Messiah. Now, there's false prophets. Sure, there's false prophets. You know why God give us false prophets? Well, there's false people. And false people likes false prophets. Brother Gary Hutchinson and I were standing together at the camp the youth campgrounds and brother Westberg walked up and he said you know spirits do kin together don't they and I looked at brother Hut I looked at brother Westberg and grinned I knew what he was going to say but brother Gary Hutchison didn't have slice idea what he was going to say he said somebody around here must have said roof Because Brother Gary Hutchinson is a roofer. And he and I were standing there talking to each other. And we were talking about roofing. And Brother Westberg didn't know it. But he has a gift of discernment. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Spirits do kin together. They sure do kin together. And false people like false prophets. And false people like false prophecies. And true people seek truth. And the way to find truth is here, man. And the Bible said if he's a true prophet, it'll come to pass. Not just follow him because he says a lot of great things that you know is right. 
you could follow man because he says a lot of things you know is right and get so endowed in him and not know all the things he's fixing to throw out at you that's wrong. Why the, the Antichrist isn't going to come in tearing up Jack. Daniel said that when the Antichrist would come, he would win the people with wisdom. He, he may even cause some of your dead relatives to come to life. And you say, man, I know this is God. He's going to call some fire down out of heaven for whatever reason. Good fire does to come down out of heaven, but people are going to see his mighty power. And they're going to say, hey, this man has power with God. There are more people today running after miracles than there are living so much on fire for God that miracles are following them. The Bible didn't say for you to run after miracles. It said if you was a true believer, miracles would follow you. I have nothing against a man of God that is a minister of faith. Praise God. For many of us need our faith increased. But if you seek miracles, that's what you'll get. I seek truth. I want to be saved this morning more than I want to be anything. I don't want to just run after miracles. I don't want to just run after signs. Amen. I want truth this morning. You run after miracles and signs, you're sure going to find the Antichrist because he's going to display more of them than any man coming on the scene. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so the Old Testament pointed us to Messiah. The New Testament points us to Messiah today. Now, where we started out at in Second Peter... And I'm not going to work on it much longer. I see more of you sleeping than I do listening. Amen. But in 2 Peter, the third chapter, he said, The second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds. What is the purpose of prophecy? Is to stir up our pure minds. I pray to God something happens that stirs the apostolic faith tabernacle of Hutchison up. Stirs up our pure minds. Our children have come home on fire. I pray we don't put out the fire. Hallelujah. 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 What is the purpose of prophecy? Is to stir us up. How is it going to stir us up? By way of remembrance. How did you get into this thing? Probably some preacher was preaching on the coming of the Lord. Amen. You was going to be left behind if you didn't get straightened out. 
Hello. How many of you want prophecy to straighten you out by the way of remembrance and starting up your mind? Praise God. That you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. That you might be mindful of. That's what prophecy is all about. Where do we get prophecy? Out of the Bible. Out of the New Testament. Out of the Old Testament. Who spoke the words of prophecy? The prophets and the apostles and Jesus Christ. This is not something we're trying to do just to keep you in the church. Trying to think up something to scare you. I found out folks that you're scared to get saved don't stay around very long because they don't stay scared. Folks that come to church and live for God because they love Him. They love God. I was listening to a a woman sang a, a Christian song the other day and tears come up in my eyes because all of these singers you hear today, all they're trying to do is scare you with their song. All they're trying to do is some emotional thing with their song. What do you think David did with his harp and his song? I don't know. Why don't you know? Why don't you read the book of Psalms sometimes and find out what he did? I'll tell you what he did. He got off by himself and he worshipped God because he loved him. Because God was his strength. God was his refuge. God was his mind. God was his heart. Somebody said, well, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. And you know what? You get all tore about that, you ought to be glad about it. That's more of a compliment than it is a slam. I've seen people slam people. They're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. And the same one slamming somebody else with that can't even get their act together. Amen. It might do them some good to get so heavenly minded they weren't no earthly good. Maybe they wouldn't have so much trouble with these earthly things. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was right in your newspaper last night what holiness is. On your religious page. Go home, get your Saturday paper yesterday and find out what holiness is. It's right in your newspaper, your Hutchison News. My wife said, read this. I like to fell out of bed when I did read it. Amen. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. They absolutely told the truth right in the newspaper. Praise God. Praise God. What is it? What is prophecy for? Prophecy is to stir us up. Prophecy is to bring us to remembrance. Prophecy is to let us know this was not given by some modern Pentecostal preacher by the name of Carl Elder, but this came by the four and twenty elders that sit around the King of Kings at the throne of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God just sent a little man by the name of Carl Elder along to stop your remembrance, to stop your pure mind to the precious word which has already been penned that this world shall pass away and the ends thereof, but his word will never pass away. That's a purpose of prophecy. You see, the devil's swift today, church. I know the devil wants me to quit this morning, and a lot of flesh out there wants me to quit this morning. I feel the pressure. And I'm going to tell you something. Some of these that like these short sermons and sermonettes, you can tell it by their Christian walk with God. The devil wants you to see the inaccuracies of modern day prophets. Because if you'll pay more attention to the inaccuracies of their prophecies, it won't be long, you won't even believe in them. And he's got you where he wants you. But you can remember one thing, the Word of God said it's going to happen. And it don't make no difference how accurate or inaccurate the modern day prophet is. How well he sees or how well he does not see. It's not going to hinder the work of God and the Word of God. It's going to come to pass anyhow. There's some I don't agree with. If you ask anybody. The only way out of here is an atomic explosion. I even heard on the campground, well, it won't be long, we'll all be blown away anyhow. I heard it this week. Jesus is not coming after us in the rapture no more. The only way to heaven anymore is to get blown away. I'm glad, I'm glad that I come along before the latest prophet come along. I'm glad I sit under Brother Romine who taught for years and years the truth. Amen. This light day prophet that we have in our midst is having a lot of success. And son, if I would let him come in here and show you his films and you get his tapes and you carry him out in this city, we would have more of a revival than I knew what to do with. 
because he can prove by his films and tapes he's right. I'm telling you what, this modern day prophet we got today is powerful, very influential, and well versed. But time shall tell if he is not on a really fantastic high ego trip or whether he's got the word of God behind him. Amen. My Bible said that the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. I could have went on this morning. I probably ought to mention just a couple of these this morning. Why God sent us prophecy. 1 Thessalonians 4.18 to comfort one another. Write them down. Don't look for them. The Lord sent us prophecy today to comfort one another. The Lord sent us prophecy today, Hebrews 10 and 25. A lot of folks don't even look at that verse as a, a verse of prophecy, but it is. And he said for us to get to church with each other more often. First Thessalonians 4 and 13, the connotation of that verse is to free ourselves of ignorance concerning our future. How many of you want to know where you're going in Christ? A lot of, how many of you had the devil this week tell you he's going somewhere else? How many of you had sinner relatives tell you he's going somewhere else? How many of you had ungodly employees and employers tell you is going somewhere else. Huh? But God gave us the sure word of prophecy to free ourselves concerning the future. Amen? Hallelujah. There's some things in this church going on. 1 Thessalonians 4.13 there's some things going on that's really hard. Several of our girls this week were walking around with boys on that campground. I said, God, I sure ain't ready for this again already. But whether we're ready for it or not, we're going to get it. Somebody said, well, Brother Elder don't know what's going on. Hmm. Hmm. Sometimes I wished I had some folks to help me know what's going on as well as I know what's going on. But I'll tell you what this verse says. When we get there, there won't be any more sorrow. Brother come rushing up to me this week said, You sure are one lucky preacher. Said your kids are in the church and everything. Yang, 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 yang. I said, Appreciate your compliments, but I'd rather have your prayers because the devil is swift 
and sure today. You better not brag, this ain't anything. I've got smart enough in the last few months I said, God, this ain't anything I've done. Not anything I've done. This is only the grace of God. This is only by the grace of God. I'm watching people that I thought did good jobs of raising their kids lose them. But up there, mom and dad, there ain't going to be no more sorrow. Ain't going to be no more pain. Ain't going to be no more woe. Little old mother Avery wanted out here for that reason. She kept reminding me. Yeah. She didn't appreciate mom character like she should have. Mom Kerker was her best buddy, but she didn't know it. She loved Jackie. It was always Jackie. I try my best to remember to call Paul, Brother Elder, when he comes home, but he's still my Paulie. Their mother grandchildren would come in there and do everything they could to that old woman to make her lose faith in her God. They would do they were mean to that woman. They would torment that woman. They would say awful things to her just over her religion. She would be so shaken sometimes she'd have to have me come and sit with her and comfort her. Boy, she kept talking about this verse up there. Ain't going to be no more sorrow. I heard Brother Jack say the other day before she died, he was holding her hand. I didn't know it. And she was saying to Brother Jack Kerker, Oh, they're so beautiful. She kept saying to him, Oh, they're so beautiful. And he said, what is it? Grandma said, is it heaven? She said, no. He said, well, what do you see, Grandma? Jack wanted to know what it was, you know. You don't believe there's a heaven and hell. You hold a man's hand while he dies. I held Brother Unruh's hand while he died. Oh, never seen a man labor to die so hard in all my life. Praise God, but he finally made it to the last trip. Praise God. Finally, Jackie said, well, Grandma, what do you see? Are they angels? She said, yeah, they're angels and they're beautiful. You should see them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he said, Brother Elder, she went on right after that. 
and the angels come and got her. Uh, that isn't hard to understand if you believe Luke, the 16th chapter. Hallelujah. 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 I see you looking. You want me to read it to you? It's right in your book. It's right in your book. Praise God. Luke 16, And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. It's all in the book. <laughs> Woo, some of you are more concerned this morning about your natural something to eat than you are spiritual eating. I can feel the pressure this morning. Let us out of here, Brother Elder. Let us out. I'm going to let you out of here. I wonder where you'll go. I wonder what you'll do. But God sent us prophecy for you. Wouldn't it be wonderful if on the Lord's day the church wanted to spend the day with the Lord as well as they want to spend the day with everything else on the Lord's day? This is the Lord's day. Why don't the church want to spend the day with the Lord? Hallelujah. I've heard them talk lately about the black folk. I want to tell you, I didn't appreciate it a bit. I tell you, when I was a kid, I enjoyed going to church with the black people. They worship God. You know what they did? They didn't get out of no church. And, well, I got, it's 20 to 12 and I better shut up here in the next few minutes or else. But them black people that I knew when I was a kid, they got out of church on Sunday morning at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You know what they did after that? No, they didn't rush home. They went out there and they had dinner on the ground and fellowship, God's children. You know what they did after that? They went home. No, they didn't. It was time for prayer meeting. And prayer meeting lasted about seven and eight o'clock. You know what they did after that? They started having church. You know what they did after that? They had church to one, two o'clock in the morning. They made sure that on the Lord's day, it was the Lord's day. And I hear people talking about it and making fun of it today, and I don't appreciate it.
it goes to show me what a shallow life they got and how much they really think of God. People rather play ping pong or go out here to that goofy little thing where you knock a ball around in a hole on Sunday afternoon than they would spend time with God. You can't even get them to church at 7 o'clock to pray till quarter after 7. And they wonder why they have trouble living for God. Amen. When they ought to be in here at 6 o'clock pounding out the throne of grace until 7.30. Amen. Amen. Oh, we want revival. How? What kind? Come on. My God, help it. I want to tell you, I've hungered and thirsted lately. I'm just going to be frank with you. I know I stayed on as your pastor. But I said God put me with somebody that would rather pray, that would rather preach, that would rather do the things of God than a bunch of people. Uh, Y'all could have just nearly any kind of pastor that would just come in here and preach you a 45-minute little sermon, let you out on Sunday morning. Y'all go play all day Sunday afternoon and come into a little hour-and-a-half sermon Sunday, I mean little hour-and-a-half service Sunday night and just go on off and work on your jobs and play and have a time. I don't want that. I want to go somewhere where God's going to use me and some people want to move God. Amen. 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 I'm not talking about Pentecostalism. I'm talking about walking with God. So, well, the church down the street, if that's all you're caring about, why don't you get down to the church down the street? We're not going to be like the church down the street. As long as I'm here. Anytime you want to get rid of me, let me know. Because I'm praying, I'm asking. God, where's the end of the trail? It's either revival in Hutchison or it's going to be revival somewhere. Because I'm not living in the smoke. I'm going to live in the fire. Amen. 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 I believe what I preach. I believe it's miracles. I believe it's forgiveness of sins. I don't care how wicked the hour is, God can save anything and anybody. I look around and he saved some of you. Why can't he save somebody else? Amen. Amen. I'm not looking at the greatness of wickedness. I'm looking at the power of the gospel. Praise God. Lord, stir us up this morning. How many of you want God to stir you up this morning? Lord, let the sure word of prophecy stir us up this morning. We don't have till our kids are old. Every once in a while I say, what in the world am I going to do with Sarah when she gets 18? And there's a voice that speaks to me and says, what makes you think she'll get 18? 
What are we going to do for God? We could sit around and look at our backslid kids and just hang there. Or we could get out and find somebody who wants to live for God. And you know something? I'm going to tell you something. If the backslid kids in this city found out this church was going to move on without them, they might decide to get in. Amen. Amen. It's time to quit marking time. It's time to go forward. It's time this church runs more than 200. Right up against the coming of the Lord, we ought to be running everything God wanted us to run. Brother walked up to me on the campground. He said, how much you running, Brother Elder? I said, everything I can get a hold of to chase. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. It ain't how much we're running. It's how well we're running. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, Lord, put something down inside of us. Make us go out and witness this week. So we need to have a day to witness. I'll tell you every day is a day to witness. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Every day you live is a day to witness. Praise God. You need to get that. Well, they didn't tape it. Monday night's sermon. I never heard such a sermon. You shall be power to be my witnesses. A lot of us think that's go out and knock doors. That word witness there to be my martyrs. Hallelujah. I taught you how to live. I gave you the power and I'm going to show you how to die. Praise God. How many of you are going to pray God fill you up with the Holy Ghost so full? I'm going to tell you something. Amen. We're not doing what God wants us to do. Amen. Brother and Sister Newell, I've been wanting God fill you two folks so full up with the Holy Ghost because I want to get in that farm community where you're at and start having Bible studies and start overhauling some farmers out in that area. Who knows what could come out of it? Maybe a rural church. Maybe a church in Kingman. Who cares what comes out of it as long as the work of God is done? Somebody said them Mennonites. Let me tell you something. If God set one of those Mennonites on fire with the Holy Ghost from one end to the other, he could cook more Mennonites in one night than we could in two years. Amen. Amen. We see through a glass very dimly, very darkly. But oh, somehow or another, if we didn't care what we've seen, we just got out and sowed the seed and done the work. Praise God. Let's stand this morning. Somehow or another, Lord, caused the inspiration, the knowledge of the coming of the Lord God to get a hold of us that we get beyond our problems. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
I want everybody in the house to pray this morning and ask God to help you. If you have a special burden you want God with, I want you to ask God to help you with it this morning. I'm not talking about your kids. I'm talking about lost souls this morning. My kids are lost souls, Brother Elder. Yeah, and just as soon as you can get ahead of them, God's going to save your kids. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. In the name of Jesus Christ, Almighty God, Lord, move upon our hearts. Move on our souls. Move in our lives. Move by the Spirit. Oh, wonderful God, Almighty God. Lord, give your people a vision, Lord. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Oh, God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we seek your face. We search after your ways, my God. Praise your name, praise your name, praise your name, praise your name. God, send revival in Hutchison. Oh, God, send an outpouring of thy spirit upon these people, oh, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, in the name of Jesus, we ask, Lord, we ask, Lord, we ask, Lord. Praise you, God, praise you, God, praise you, God, praise you, God. Oh, wonderful God, wonderful God, wonderful God, wonderful God, wonderful God. Cover us with your blood today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Brother Drubbs, dismiss us in prayer this morning. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank God. Let's get in this church house tonight and pray until God changes us. I seen a sign the other day. God does not change things by prayer. God changes us. How many of you want God to change us? If we get into his flow, then it'll go in the power of God. Lord bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.